This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hi, and welcome to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. Welcome back if you're a subscriber, or welcome if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Today, we're going to talk about mothers who have emotional instability, and we're going to especially focus on the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. However, before I even begin to tell you what exactly we're going to be talking about today, I have a very important thing to say. Mental illness diagnoses are important. They can help clarify and help us understand, as both individuals and in our culture, what we're experiencing that's painful so that we can get some help, get the treatment we need. When they're well used and well employed, diagnoses can be extremely helpful. However, mental illness diagnoses can also be used to criticize or to even demean. This podcast is meant only for our understanding our compassion, and to help you and perhaps someone you love have a healthier relationship. So I wanted to clear that up from the very beginning. We're not putting anybody down if they suffer from or experience borderline personality disorder or emotional or psychological instability of any kind. It is important to realize, however, that when a parent has significant mental health issues or emotional issues, it can have a pretty devastating effect on children. If you understand the impact, if you understand what the illness is or was, then perhaps your own work on yourself will be easier. So, what are we going to discuss today? We're going to talk about borderline personality disorder. It's not that all people with emotional instability have borderline personality disorder, not in the least. But borderline personality disorder is important to understand, especially if you have a parent or had a parent that suffered with it. We'll talk a little bit about what else can cause emotional and psychological instability, but we're not going to spend too much time on that. Then we're going to talk about the different types of borderline personality disorder. There's a wonderful book called Understanding the Borderline Mother. The book was written by Christine Lawson, and it's a very, very thorough study of borderline personality disorder and the impact of parents who have borderline on their children. It's important to note here, I guess, that There are male borderlines, but it is far more typical for women to have borderline personality disorder. Then we'll get to my favorite part of this episode, which of course is what you can do about it. I'm a very solution-oriented therapist, and there are things that you can do to help yourself understand the past, the present, and perhaps plan the future a little more so you can establish more peace with this person who has or experiences borderline personality disorder. Then the last thing we're going to do, as we do every episode, I have a letter from a listener or an email from a listener, and actually her father may have borderline personality disorder, but his major issue is alcoholism and being psychologically abusive. So I talked to her a little bit about what she could do or her thinking about it, and I'll read you that letter and my response. Let's talk about mom's. That's a word that for many brings with it memories of being tenderly tucked into bed or getting advice when you fall in love for the first time. You watch her committed to her work, her family, her friends, but also to you, her child. You know that she's there for you. 
but for many, especially those whose mothers have borderline personality disorder, that mom is about as far away from that scenario as you can get. Your life as a child may have been fraught with ridicule, disdain, screaming, distortions, or even eerily quiet hostility. You couldn't get out of the line of fire, or you seemed completely invisible to her. You may have had a mom with borderline personality disorder. So what is that? A way of understanding personality disorders in and of themselves is that they describe people who have major dysfunction in their relationships. There are several different kinds of personality disorders, so the dysfunction itself can be different. But there's, for example, dependent personality disorder. There's obsessive compulsive personality disorder. So borderline is one of several. And the way it's termed is a way of relating to self and others that is intense and unpredictable, often filled with severe mood swings and impulsive actions. There's a link in the show notes that describes borderline personality disorder in the Psychological Diagnostic Manual, if you're interested. What I've had my borderline personality disorder folks tell me is that it feels like to them that there's an emptiness, that there's a black hole where their sense of self should be. They never quite know who they're going to be when they wake up in the morning, and they have intense mood swings during the day and even at night. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't wish borderline personality disorder on anyone that I loved for sure. It's very, very difficult. Your actions are often governed by your emotions And you can do a lot of damage to your relationships. To try to help you understand even more, I'm going to use some designations that, again, Christine Lawson used in her book, Understanding the Borderline Mother. Now, again, these can be pejorative-sounding names, but we don't use those names in order to criticize or demean, as I said earlier, but simply to understand. The first type of borderline personality is called the witch. Dr. Lawson says that the quote-unquote witches themselves often grew up in environments that required complete submission to a hostile or sadistic caregiver. So these people did not experience happy childhoods themselves. And so they want power and control over others because they really fear abandonment. They are petrified of abandonment. These folks are very rageful. They can be and act furious with others and be extremely terrorizing. And remember, even when they are vicious with other people, that same viciousness really lies within them as well. So what are the children of these people like, these quote-unquote witches? Since they live in a very, very dangerous environment, they always think they're at fault, and they can become extremely ashamed, depressed. They can dissociate. They can be hyper-aroused all the time. They live in a war zone, and so they have almost like a PTSD-like experience of their childhood. The second designation of a borderline is what Dr. Lawson calls the queen. She wants a lot of attention. In fact, she feels like she deserves your attention, and when she doesn't get it, she's furious. Again, guess what? (laughs) These are people who didn't get any attention when they were young, so they have an inordinate need for that kind of attention now. Dr. Lawson says that the children of these kinds of borderlines are often more likely to develop borderline personality disorder themselves because they mimic 
the queen's actions in order almost to get her support. The queen doesn't allow a child to ever become independent. She wants that child to be dependent upon her because she needs the attention. So these children have a really hard time growing up. We're going pretty quickly through these. If you're interested in if this rings true for you, then I would definitely encourage you to get Dr. Lawson's book. The third designation that Dr. Lawson talks about is the waif. The waif is someone who feels very helpless, worthless, and almost uses that helplessness in order to try to maintain a relationship with someone. They want anyone and everyone to save them, but they actually have such trouble with intimacy and true closeness that they don't ever really let anybody get close. Their lives are always in chaos, and although they give lip service to wanting their lives to be less painful, they continue to make impulsive, chaotic choices that put other people in the role of savior. These waifs have a great deal of trouble showing care for other people. So, of course, what are children of waifs like? They failed at making their mother happy. They failed at saving her. So they often feel almost too close to the mom as they continually try to make her life happier. And, of course, the very fact that they have not grown up can make them very angry. They will say they're very close to their mother, but they're also very angry with her for not being a healthy person. The fourth one is the hermit. I think the hermit is a little harder to understand. Hermits are very critical of others, and they cannot tolerate criticism toward themselves. They look very confident, determined, independent. They may do well out in public, but it is a veneer. Hermits show one face to the world and a totally different persona at home. I remember a patient one time, in fact, whose mother was a beloved teacher in town, but when she got home, she was a terror. And one of the hardest things for my patient, of course, was to go out into the world and say, we just love your mother. She taught our kids. She's just great. And yet she knew exactly what her mother was like under her own roof, and it was terrifying. So... One of the things that is important to realize in these different categories, I hope they were helpful to you, is the impact on the children. And then adult children, of course, who look back on their childhoods can recognize, oh, now I see what my mom was like. I see her vulnerabilities. But of course, that mom may still be alive. (laughs) So what do you do as an adult child of someone who's still experiencing borderline personality disorder? I want to point out What can also cause emotional instability? Obviously, substance abuse, bipolar disorder, high anxiety, a history of trauma. All of these things can cause emotional instability in a mother or a father. So understanding that not all emotional instability can be racked up to a personality disorder. One of the factors that helps you figure this out is if almost all the person's relationships are characterized by some kind of problem. So if you had a lot of emotional chaos in your home growing up, whether the problem is a mom or a dad with borderline personality or not, there are things that you can do about it as an adult, as you're trying to relate to this parent still, or you're trying to make sense out of your childhood, and you're trying to see what chaos or problems you're creating now in your life that have something to do with that childhood. There are really seven ideas I have about what you can do now. 
First of all, educate yourself. There are lots of good books. I've already mentioned one couple of times, Understanding the Borderline Mother. Others are Stop Walking on Eggshells, Lost in the Mirror, Disarming the Narcissist, and Out of the Fog. After all, if your mother is still in your life, she is still your mother, and you want a relationship with her. You want her to know your own children, but not to influence them or be with them the way she was with you. You have to figure out how to be in relationship with her as an adult and not as a child, with no power over how the relationship was going to be shaped. I remember a patient that was actually caring for her now elderly mother, And one of the issues was she said, and her mother definitely had borderline personality disorder, she said as soon as she walked in the house that she could feel herself adopting the role of a child again with her mom. Now, this was a woman in her 50s, and yet she became a much younger version of herself and a much more immature version of herself. Here in the community, she's a leader, and when she walks into her home with her mom, she becomes that frightened, confused child. So we really worked on how she could maintain her sense of herself in her mom's presence. And by the way, that is huge. The second idea is to get some therapy. Work with a therapist can be very helpful. Again, as in the example I just used, a lot of therapy work around borderline mothers is about learning how to stay rational, to stay calm, to stay focused, and to stay in your adult self. The third recognition is that to recognize that your mother may not have the capacity to change. I often say, you know, you can't go to a hardware store and buy ice cream. So frequently, if your mother is not seeking treatment herself, if she does not have the capacity or the insight into her own behavior to know how emotionally burdensome she can be in a, in a relationship with you, she's not likely to develop that ability as she ages. She's just simply not going to do that. She may be miserable, but if she doesn't get it, if she doesn't believe you could really work out of that pattern, or she's not even trying, then sometimes you have to accept that she's not going to change. I don't care how much you cajole or scream or cry. The problems that borderlines have are very well entrenched, and they have to work very, very hard on themselves to heal. The fourth recognition is to have compassion for yourself. If you didn't feel loved by her, if you were demeaned by her, if she screamed at you or was vicious with you, then you need to have compassion for the impact of all that on you. You can find other relationships that can be healing. And then as you set up new boundaries, when you look at her and say, Mom, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. I want to hear what you say, but you cannot use those words with me anymore and then follow through with that, you can see if she will respond and honor those new boundaries. The fifth recognition is to look at what you've learned from her, both positive and negative. She may have taught you some good things which you can truly appreciate. However, you may have picked up some of her distorted and overly emotional reactions. I remember working with a woman one time who had tremendous social anxiety. Her mother had really taught her that The world was a very dangerous place, and when someone, for example, would come to a back door and knock on it, she would have the children hide, not just hide, but like throw themselves on the floor or get in the bathtub as if something awful was about to happen. That kind of distortion has an effect on you. 
Now, this isn't the easiest thing to do and requires that you take a very objective look at yourself. It doesn't help you to stay in a blaming place towards your mom, especially not if you're repeating behaviors that you learned from her. So it's about sometimes taking responsibility for yourself. The sixth one is to realize you may have really a lot of anger. So recognizing that and trying to work through it is very important. Then the seventh is to recognize that her significant other probably has problems as well, whether it's your biological father, your stepfather, someone she's been living with. He's not very likely to be healthy either. They may be in a lot of denial about what's going on in their relationships, but they also may keep a lot of chaos in their lives. The good news is this. People with borderline personality disorder can respond to treatment. They often need medication, and they often need therapy that goes on for quite a while because a lot of it is healing in the relationship itself. Again, people with these kinds of personality disorders probably had very, very difficult childhoods themselves. They were likely demeaned, abused, or ridiculed. But you can learn how to step out of the vortex of their very, very chaotic emotions. You have to think rationally. You have to think calmly. You have to maintain some kind of objectivity about them. And that's tough because it's your mom. But you can do it. Of course, at the same time, you may be trying to heal from whatever damage there was done. And that can be a journey in and of itself. Now we're going to move on to a letter from a listener. Hi, Dr. Margaret. My father's an alcoholic, and he's very emotionally abusive. One day he says that you're a piece of shit. The other day he says that you're the most amazing person in the world. He doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. When we fight, I confess that I used to feel guilty, not because I was really guilty, but because I pitied him not to be able to deal with his emotions. Now I don't feel guilt anymore, but I feel stressed out most of the time. I'm very self-aware, and I know how to manage my emotions. But the bad thing is that I depend on him financially. Sometimes I pray for him to drink a lot and crash his car and die. He never abused me sexually or physically, but I think he's about to hit me. Either way, the psychological abuse is out of proportion and could not be worse. I've read a lot of things about the matter of psychologically abusive parents, but I'd like to read something from you. I used to go to therapy, but I had to stop because my father almost lost all of his money. Reason, of course, was alcohol. Thanks so much for listening to me. Before I answer the question, it is kind of interesting to think, okay, if this father has borderline personality disorder, which one would he be? Would he be the witch, the queen, the way, or the hermit? I think probably he comes closest to the witch, but with the alcoholism involved, it's hard to tell. He might also be a hermit. So anyway... Here's my answer. I'm so sorry that your father has the problems he does and is emotionally abusive to you. I would wonder with you, however, how you're assessing the cost of the abuse on you. You say you're self-aware, and that's good. I don't know how old you are, so your financial dependence may be a result of your age. However, if you're an adult, I might suggest you consider broadening your options. It may be if you consider leaving that expensive city, finding a job that pays more or a second job, rooming with friends, whatever the practical solution might be. Fear may be controlling your actions and keeping you from moving into more independence. Being told regularly that you're worthless may be having more of an effect on you than you realize, even if it's followed the next day with compliments. I would suggest definitely that you go to Al-Anon if it exists where you live. If it doesn't, there's plenty of Al-Anon literature out there. 
It's a support group for loved ones of alcoholics. I believe their motto is something like, detach with love. Good luck to you, and I hope this is helpful. And interestingly enough, she wrote me back. She says, first of all, thank you for answering. I'm 20, and it makes things a little harder. I study psychology. I agree with you about the fear part. I think I'm afraid to be on my own. And about this part, quote, being told regularly that you're worthless may be having more of an effect on you than you realize, even if it's followed the next day with compliments. Maybe deep down I knew this, but now I have a huge insight, and I totally agree. I never heard about Al-Anon, but I live in Brazil, and I'll find some literature. I want to make this last point. There's a lot of focus on physical abuse, sexual abuse, and obviously the effects of that kind of abuse are horrid on children, but so is emotional abuse. Children can absorb what they hear and what they're told about themselves in ways that are very, very difficult to detach from as adults. So if that's you, if you've been emotionally abused, please don't discount it because there are ways to confront that emotional abuse and realize that whatever was told to you was said out of cruelty, a need to control, or to demean. You don't have to believe it anymore. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Self Work. There are lots of ways of getting in touch with me. My website is drmargaretrutherford.com. My email, which I do answer and is confidential, is askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com. I have a Facebook page, which is, again, facebook.com slash drmargaretrutherford. You can telephone me at 479-443-3413. That's in Arkansas. And please, I would love it if you would give me a rating or review and subscribe. There are a whole bunch of you who have, and I'm so delighted about that. I'm hoping these podcasts are going to be especially helpful to people who may never have the time or the ability to go into therapy. I know that not every podcast will fit everyone's needs, but I'm trying to do them on diverse enough topics where almost every other podcast will be for you. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford, and you've been listening to Self Work. <laughs>